Hey, this is John. You're tuned into the General Concerns Podcast. Uh, before we get on with the program, there are a couple items I need to take care of right off the bat. First off, I want to thank you for tuning in, and I want to thank everyone who has become a member at johnjgoddard.com, helping me to keep this podcast coming. But not only that, but to continue to build on the member download archive of uh, free music downloads and eventually a podcast series separate from this one. Uh, I don't want to reveal too many details about what's in development, but it will be some members-only content. I started this podcast and website a couple of months ago when a work injury took me out of commission and left me with one option. Use what I've got to provide an honest service that is of value and interest to you. And while I'm only about a month into it, still loading the boat and battening down the hatches, I feel like I'm off to a pretty good start. Currently, there's one full album of my original ambient music in the download section, if you're into that sort of thing. And I'm adding more music of many styles and media all the time. Considering what a single song download costs these days, membership is a pretty damn good value if you like what I do. Now, I want to keep building on this, giving you something to listen to in the car, kitchen, or garden, providing new perspectives, fresh insights and ideas, music, creative audio, books, ebooks, photography, video, the list goes on. And the sky is the limit. It's just like public broadcasting, except that I'm one producer with no grants or corporate underwriting. I only have you. I write, shoot, edit, and produce everything. It's a lot of work. And again, I only have the support of readers, viewers, and listeners like you. So, you early adopters of my membership program uh, are helping me to bring more forth more quickly. So, I thank you again. And to the rest of you, I want to thank you also again for tuning in and listening. But I need to light a fire under your asses to become a member at johnjgoddard.com to keep this podcast coming and to reap your share of free music and media downloads. When you become a member at the monthly or yearly silver levels or at any of the one-time patron levels, you have access to free downloads of everything in the member archive for as long as your membership is active. Oh yeah, it rocks. You can get into a membership for as little as $2 a month, or you can have full download privileges for as little as $5 a month. I'm not trying to gank anybody and pull any recurring payments that you're going to forget are coming out and stuff like that. But I'm willing to do better than what's on the website today. The next 100 people to become members can use the discount code OMJJG2018 to receive a one-year membership for only $15. That's all capital, no spaces, OMJJG2018. One year of full access for a measly 15 bucks. Your membership helps keep my family fed, bills paid, and a roof over our heads. It keeps the servers running and allows me to upgrade software, equipment, and studio facilities to continually improve and increase my output. It keeps shitty advertising off of my website. It allows me to offer even more value not only to every last member, but also to those who can't afford a membership 
and like the free content. In that sense, your membership helps me to provide a free community service. So if you don't know what it's like to get injured at work, have to change your life strategy completely, and feel pressure from every direction to produce immediate results, uh, I'm going to carry us into the program with the portion of this song called Brokeback Boogie. And this will be available as a download when I finalize the mix. Better call Paul. Hello? What are your font feelings? Font? Font. F-O-N-T. I think I... What do I do? New... Times Roman or Times New Roman all the time. What about you? What, what's your font approach? Uh, well, I'm kind of a Times New Roman guy myself. I mean, that seems to be the universal standard for for printing. But then there's this there's this, yes. this school of thought, and and then you know that's not a it's apparently now it's not a it's not a web standard font. Exactly. No, there's all kinds of complications related to it. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to know what to do. Tell me, what is the acceptable font? I just like it because it looks sort of straight forward and, and it, it has the word Roman in it too. I like that. Right, which lends a, a sort of a, a tone of authority to it. Yeah. Well, we used to eat Roman meal bread when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't, did they have that in St. Louis? Yeah. We, so maybe maybe we it's all about bread. Too. <laughs> Roman meal. It wasn't Greek meal. It wasn't Athabascan earmuff meal. It was Roman meal. Right, Roman meal. It's not him. Mm -hmm. Not that Ethiopian meal. Ground, they, it was ground up Roman corpses. <laughs> oh, but I mean, I and I would be now. I would be a Georgia man. Uh, <laughs> you be a Georgia man. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a if Georgia only you man. could make a peach pie like they do in Georgia. <laughs> right, well, I am kind of trying to bake a peach pie here, but oh, oh my god, so good. <laughs> the uh, but like I've tried out Georgia, and then um, yeah. I go and I look at it, and it's like that looks a little bit pretentious, you know? Like, I, well, there's 
been a few that I've tried it. It's not to be, not that it's bad to be an eighth grade girl or something, but I've seen some where it's like, eh, my, you know, shrieking or whatever I'm doing and whatever I'm writing just doesn't seem to fit with this font that looks like it should be, you know, uh, Missy's travel log in uh, Europe with her friends or what? I don't know. I, is it some kind of? And like, then I don't really care, so I just I just want to just tell me the most boring, straightforward sort of. Well, yeah, I'm on. But George is pretentious. Huh? I'm well. I don't think it is pretentious, but it's like it it automatically gives like a sort of literary feel to. What is your site now? There. What the hell font is that? It's Arial, which is like the. Yeah, that looks pretty good. <clears throat> well, it's it's easy and it's readable, and here's the the thing. Um, they they say that uh, all these design cats, whatever, that for maximum readability on electronic devices and screens and such like that, you want a font that uh, that doesn't have any serifs, so it's sans serif, uh, but then. It doesn't uh, it, it without the serifs and without the little the tiny ornamentations within the lettering. It's it's almost as if, like when you do something like a longer article or something like that. On the one hand, all of those tiny ornamentations wear the eye out. But then on the mm-hmm. other hand, if you don't have them, there's nothing really kind of hooking into your eye to hold it onto the page. Or so. It's, it's a fascinating topic that I, I know almost nothing about, other than oh, can look how that looks. Because I, I, it's funny you bring this up because uh, we our stupid cable thing started working again. So the only thing we watch pretty much are the the Turner Classic Movie Channel, and I always enjoy the uh, the intro and out and outro credit font extravaganza that you get from a movie in 1937 or something. Sure. And then the next movie's from 1972, and it's just, they're just wild. <laughs> the truckers All won. over the place. It's, <laughs> and it really does have a, uh, it interfaces with your, with your brain in, in, in an interesting way. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, uh, point of reference i guess i don't i don't know what i should choose but user experience it's it's basically it's like i don't know one of those main factors of the of the user experience you know i I, personally i just what i I just like it to if you're reading i don't want to notice it right you know like i i know if i go to a website and they have some just but trying to be too cute with the font, I think, well, first of all, um, you seem kind of stupid now, or childish, or, or adolescent, whatever. And, and then it's kind of annoying because my eyes are doing cartwheels. Um, but usually, you know, it's it's not. I mean, you only really notice it when somebody goes completely haywire and picks something stupid. Well, have you ever so. read stuff on um, medium.com? It's that one, it's basically a blogging platform that was... I've heard of it, but I haven't explored it. Yeah. Now, they are known far and wide across the blogging world, I suppose, for uh, for a couple of things. But uh, their design, 
was just so uh so excellent that you know there were all of these like wordpress uh people develop themes that were you, you can look up like medium inspired theme and it's like all these people tried to copy the medium theme um the medium design um huh, but, check it out but like their their font has like their 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 house designed fonts based on you know classical font design i suppose and when they started out it was a pretty you can find still find really great articles on there and as far as like as far as writers that are really writing and really you know putting stuff of worth into the the ionosphere or the blogosphere or you know the internet sphere um you can still find really good articles there however it is it is so clogged with young startup kids in Silicon Valley who are every single thing that they post is basically, you know, like they'll start telling a story about that time my mother got cancer. And it always it always wraps up with. And that's why I started my company or something like that, you know. <laughs> so they forked it, it into some formula. Or it some... always gets forked into a shill for yeah, whatever yeah. their startup is. And it's been it's been absorbed into the monetization paradigm. Right. And or yeah. you see like tons of like all of these clickbait articles that are, you know, clearly using a formula to tap into these emotional centers of people who share things repeatedly on, you know, Facebook or Twitter and get, you know, retweets and shares and yada yada yada. But, uh, can I can I interrupt you? Like what do you do you think that uh, we're going to see, or are, maybe it's already happening, this sort of digestion process where, you know, website X starts off very tiny, and over three or four or five years, they build up a following, and then all of a sudden they realize, gosh, if we throw up a couple of ads, I could quit my stupid goddamn day job, and they do that, and then, wow, they... The money's rolling in, and they advertise, whatever. So, however, these things grow. Maybe they have a really great thing going on, and it grows and grows and grows. And then they stop getting it becomes public, and then or, or whatever. They just want to. They get greedy, and then they they make it into one of those sites where you press on it, and it takes like five minutes to load into your computer for, computer for all the bullshit that they've attached to it. Now, do those people then die, and people seek out other things like it that don't have that bullshit? Or are the gateways, like, how do you discover the, you know, version of Site X that the next up-and-coming one? Does, you, does that make any sense? Right. I, you know, I think it's I know almost like how, how we the... digest cities. You know, like, oh, this city was cool for 10 years, and then everybody went there, and now it's fucked. The rents are way high, so we run away from there. We go to a different city. Right. It's the same kind of process. I see what like. you mean about the digestion process. Yeah. Of like, oh, it was you know it was good, and then they were like, oh, well, we gotta we gotta pay back our investors, and so it turns to shit. Like everything is an initial public offering. Uh, yeah, I, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that, 
it's funny that Facebook is in that late stage of the um, of the small intestine, I suppose. But like now that I'm like actually using Facebook again, I and I haven't done this since I first put out the book. Um, I'm actually promoting posts because that's the only way you can get your own followers to see posts is to actually put a couple of, put a couple of coins in. So I'm, I'm actually using it and it's like that it has turned into a rather sophisticated marketing tool. Like if I wanted you specifically to see a specific post from my Facebook public page for John J. Goddard. Like I could, I could type in, I I want this to hit 20 people in Friday Harbor on this side of the Island. And I think there's even a map. Like if I knew, if I knew your address, I could. And, and then this is what they're pretending that they're in trouble in over this quote, Russia collusion nonsense where, uh, 13 Russians shit posted during the election and that somehow changed their, I mean, well, yeah, that's where the problems come in where it's used not for like promoting, you know, diapers and dog diapers. It's free speech. That's why I don't understand why anybody just raised their hand and say, well, okay, it's the internet. Who who says that a Ukrainian lunatic or a, uh, you know, a, a, a small person in Uruguay, or a, 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 I don't know, an Inuit Eskimo can't shit post if he has enough money or she has enough money on Facebook <laughs> all day long about the fucking election. It's not, it's just, it's so old world thinking. It's ridiculous that people are buying into this at all. But anyway, I, that was a stupid pivot. Um, it's an interesting thing to talk about, though. I, I didn't realize it was that directed that you could just be like, Bleh. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't six years ago, um, five years ago, whatever. The last time I really had something to promote, it wasn't that um, focused at all. It was like, ah, you want to reach this many people? You know, put in $5 and say how many days. And it was was kind of like the old... um, ad the old google adsense and i haven't tried any google ads yet i mean i think i have an ad account with them i haven't tried any of that but um yeah i don't i don't yeah so on the one hand i see where they have built a remarkable tool but on the other hand what people are up in arms about is the fact that it's being used to you know kind of override um over well, I wouldn't even say it's being used to override it. It's just the fact that people are upset because they're so fucking gullible, and that they that they well, fall and, for and the shit. It's like, oh, they got those fucking Russians got us again. You know, well, but they, what, they what really, really didn't. Upset about you were stupid what, enough to to fall for for something on the internet that was posted by God knows who and shared by your aunt. And well, but John, what what they're what they're really upset about. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm going to cut you off. What they're really upset about is that the gatekeepers are no longer in control. You know, they, think about the billions and billions of dollars that are spent every election cycle to f- buy ads and cram them through 
cable in all the big three networks, the old dinosaur media, that's gone. Trump spent, I, I can't, I don't know the numbers, but way, way less than the, than the, than the Clinton machine did on advertising. That's right. the big thing. They don't give a fuck about who went there. They want the revenue. And, and now, I mean, if you can screw around on Twitter and make inflammatory comments constantly, I got sucked into it. I, I, we had a newborn baby. I was at home, you know, pretty much extremely sedentary. Monday, Wednesday, Friday were my days, half days with her. And I got to watch the whole media digestion of Trump. And they can pretend that they hate him, but he made millions and millions of dollars for them. Their ratings skyrocketed because what is the dumbass going to do today? Right. I mean, it, it's like the whole, uh, you know, culture of hits of of likes all it, it's well it's gone it's 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 done what it it does it's gone up and uh now that um you can circumvent old world media through that they're freaking out so then they don't know what to do. actually democracy has entered this digestive process that we um were talking about before in a way where it's like, well, oh, it was a good thing for a while, and then then it it starts to turn to shit because everybody's got a it's it gets too democratic or there's too many people. It gets involved too good. In well, it. speaking of getting too democratic, <laughs> if you want to get into that whole ball of wax, look at what they did to Bernie Sanders when that got too democratic. You can't run an eighty year old Jewish socialist. That he'll lose. Oh my God! We have to have a middle of the road Republican slash Democrat warmongering lunatic. It's right. Yeah, they they had to you know kick him in the teeth and put his people in their corner, and that shows you what your de- democracy you know your quote democracy is. But I don't. But I retired from politics. Let's get back to fonts. Yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> I was I was looking at my I was looking at my note card right as you said that I was like how can we how can we inch our way out of this corner? Um, it's 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 been beaten. Hey, how, everybody's just kind of. How about that Israel, huh? Oh yeah. No, I, no, I enjoyed that that article that you sent where the the person took the time to recognize what should be obvious but isn't, you know, the, the soft language used by, or how you propagandize when, you're, when your allies butcher people. It's, uh, you know, unfortunate mishaps on the arm wrestling table. Right. It's not, you know, snipers blowing the brains out of a 12-year-old girl because she, you know, right. threw a rock. Right. There was, um, I, I'm not sure if it's that same writer, but there was another article on current affairs that, um, that it was in that same vein that basically dissected how it it offered suggestions for how to use propaganda different different mechanisms for employing propaganda um in a situation like Israel and using um using Israel uh and actually the I think well, I can't remember the publication it was a Jewish publication where somebody wrote an op-ed, it was like the editor of something wrote an op-ed for the New York Times, and the New York Times is not, it's is not in a good place in this 
in this spectrum of in this propaganda spectrum as it turns out oh no there no but the yeah the so there's another article in that current affairs and i'll have to find it um and send it to you but it basically just dissects how exactly how the propaganda works i'm like how many times have i wanted to you know write this about the whole the whole trump mechanism you know that that shit machine but so there's, there's but it's still not good unique stuff to Trump. There. I mean, tr- Trump no, is Trump is just a you know he's he's running the old playbook. You know. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's as old as as time. But the the whole uh, the Israel thing <laughs> We're stuck. Is, is so heavy <laughs> and, and dark and weird uh, because it's. I mean, the truth is, or well, maybe part of the truth is that because of the Holocaust, the Israel has a permanent, unceasing, unimpeachable, for the right reasons, victim narrative. They are so therefore anything that they do they can they can fold into that that riff. In, and, in addition to a religion narrative. And and a legitimate security. I mean, they do have. Uh, I mean, the whole enterprise is is you know dangerous. What what the whole concept of well, this is our homeland. Well, yeah, other people don't think that. But they have uh, they have kind of cornered the market on uh, righteousness, I suppose. Oh yeah. No, no, no! It's like, uh, there it's, was, it's a real thing. You there know, was they, one. There was one discussion that I got into, and this was the only one that I got sucked into, and actually took the bait and went down the rabbit hole for a good twelve hours with a guy who was like, "Well, you know," and he was a Jewish guy, and you know, nice guy, smart, thoughtful. You know, we were respectful to each other and everything like that. But he was like, "You know, this is a we're we're." an ethnicity and a religion and a nation and it's and i'm thinking to myself like that's pretty that's the triumvirate of death that's pretty much <laughs> how you um just tell everybody that you're right all the time and if you're if you're wrong on one thing it's like well you know no you can't say this about us because this is our belief you know, this is our spirit, and you got to respect our beliefs. It's like, no. I yeah, so you can go to Wacky Town anytime you want. Right. Yeah. Right. It's. Yeah. No, it's. Oh, God. This is such a. Uh, and I mean, that's what. Was it, Matt? That's what the Christians are I mean, doing. The fake Christians, you know, anyway, here, you know. Yeah, no, it. The, I always. Whenever this comes up, I think about something. I saw Matt Taibbi in, a, in an interview talking about when he was first getting into journalism. And he encountered some crusty old, you know, writer in a bar or whatever. And the guy told him, "Well, kid, you know, I like your stuff. Well, let's give you some advice here. You know, if you have anybody in your Rolodex, old old school guy, uh, related to anything related to Israel, just throw it in the garbage. Because if you touch that, your career is done. Yeah. You know, and not not that you sit there and you know." are pro-Palestinian or whatever, just if you even go there, it's a thought crime. Right. And that's that's why it's kind of, you know, I'm, you know uh, 
hesitant to even talk about it because it's it's such a right. I guess our careers are over. Yes, yes, or <laughs> no. It's changing. I think. I mean, I think it's it's been this sacred cow or whatever, for lack of a better term, where you just you're just not allowed to even bring up the issue because oh my god, there might be some unfortunate uh, truth blood spilled in terms of what is actually going on there. Um, but, you know, uh, they have legitimate beefs with world history and with what's happened to them. And, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just... No one here is saying I, the Holocaust I, didn't happen. Exactly. And, you know, I, I don't... And you know, you just can't, you, way uh, before me, the Holocaust, a, they've been they've been shat on for millennia. Yes, yes, yes. My uh, my brother found our I don't know how many great greats away Jewish grandmother in a little village in uh, Lithuania that was more or less liquidated by the Germans uh, during the war. So yeah, they've they've had a great time. You know, I mean, it's it's been. Uh, or no, actually, I think it was by other villagers. I don't even know if it was the German. He he, he can tell the story. I don't know the, the history of it, but it's dark and it's it's real, and and they have and it was nonsensical. You know, good reason to be to be uh, strident in their defense of their culture, but well, wait, it gets a little dark. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that um, the this this guy that I was debating with for a good you know, 12 hours uh, over Facebook, the one analogy that he made that was really, I thought really excellent was the, the battered wife who has been putting up with it for 10 years, taking, taking shit and getting beat up. And finally the one night comes where he comes after her and he starts slapping her around and she doesn't just kill him; she empties an entire gun into him. <laughs> After he's he's clearly dead, she keeps shooting. She keeps shooting. She keeps shooting, and that's kind of what the sort of inherited trauma of the Jewish people mm-hmm. has yeah. built up to. In that they're a battered wife, who are just you know when mm-hmm. it's time to when it's time to release and it's time to defend themselves, it's like they're not just. <laughs> They're not just oh, yeah, defending no, themselves. They're destroying, <laughs> you know. And they've proven that over and over again. Right. And, you know, I, I can absolutely understand how you can get there. But sure. you're also playing with fire. I mean, you're, you're not only is that, you know, just not how you want to be. funny era, area kind of, of shit the moral turns- spectrum to exist within and to dwell within on an, on an ongoing basis it's like at some point maybe hmm do i do i want to stop overreacting you know i mean i i think it's plain to everyone why i would overreact to something but now that i've seen myself overreact maybe there are some more constructive steps that could be taken and maybe these well, other people. But have I don't. A point. I don't see any evidence that they're into, that that the government, anyway, not the people, but the government is remotely interested in that. Well, here's you know, the thing about here's an interesting thing about Israeli culture, apparently, um, and I can't remember. And this is not made. I didn't get this from some Nazi Reddit or something. But there is this 
cultural, uh, I don't know if you want to, it's a trait uh, within Israeli culture that you just don't, whether you're at the grocery store in line or any, you don't let anyone get anything over on you. And it blows out into comical proportions, like in traffic, you know, two people trying to play in pole position at the at the traffic light, you know, to see who's going to go first. Um, but so there's there's cultural stuff there, too. And I'm not sure if that's actually, you know, specific to the region, if that was prior. To I, don't, I, I have a solution or, for the region. I, I figured it out. Did I tell you about that? Is it uh, mushrooms and weird music? No, no, it's not a B flat solution. It's a little. It's slightly different. I, I figure that Jerusalem is the flashpoint. So, under the Hyatt totalitarian regime, what we do is you have a year to remove all of your sacred rocks and your mumbo jumbo hats and your kneecaps from Saint what you call it in your turban of the seventh released sun or whatever your thing is. So we got a year or so to get that shit out of there. Then we bulldoze the entire holy city, right? Uh-huh. And we install like about 150 rollerblade hockey rinks. <laughs> and then the caveat is, is that each team has to be made up of um, Jewish, Christian, Muslim Characters, male, female, however we want to do this, and then they compete against other mixed teams, and they suddenly discover that tribalism is just, you know, completely situational. Now that you've removed all your mumbo-jumbo, you realize that Team Red, although it's made up of Jews, Muslims, Christians, they want to kick the shit out of Team Green because those sons of bitches slashed us the last time. And then they go, oh, hmm. I don't know, do you think that's reasonable? Well, one would think that, you know, in the right situation, a certain, you know, a modicum of of self-examination and self-awareness would start to dawn. I know, but it's, I, I, I'm, I'm being silly. I, I don't mean to be silly about such a, a you know, just depressing subject. But well, I, so, just, yeah, I gave should, up years ago. Maybe we should move on to school shootings. School shootings are fun, but there's one more point about the, I, the PBS. Whoever produced this was probably taken out and shot and thrown into a ditch, you know, or whatever. But they actually went into the you know Palestinian area, and, and I, I, I was shocked because it was literally the first time I'd seen video of Palestinians doing something besides burning a flag or throwing rocks, literally in my life, that I'd ever seen. And they were having dinner. And the mom was badgering her son to get his school thing and this and that, just like people. And, you know, the person, the filmmakers were there for a year or whatever, and it followed these Palestinian kids from the, the when they were, I don't know, 13, 14, saying, you know, I just wish that everybody would get along. And then as their friends got killed, saying, I want to kill all Jews. And then they flip-flopped the second half of the documentary. It was the exact opposite. We had Jewish teenagers saying, oh, gosh, I really wish that everything would be okay. And then as their friends got killed, I'm going to kill every Palestinian that I see. And I'm like, well, it's hopeless. Here's what, here's what disturbs me about the whole quote-unquote promised land thing is, like, you have wealthy American-born 
douchebags who are going and going over there and buying land and because it's the land that was promised to them by God supposedly that's I don't think I even want to go into that but that's for me that's like probably the most aggravating aspect of the whole thing you're probably down with the roller roller hockey because it's too hot for ice it's like you hear a guy in Israel talking about the Israel situation and he's clearly from Connecticut you know, no, yes. And he's talking uh, about our land, and uh, no, well, yeah, <laughs> he's or even you know he's from Nebraska, and like who wouldn't want to get out of Nebraska? No offense, well, to I mean, Nebraska, is, I mean, but, how far back are you going to peel that onion? I mean, if if there's American uh, Jew or whoever claiming that that's legitimate, well, then you know, be excited and happy when the bulldozers from the uh, you know, Iroquois nation come to, you know, knock your house over and reclaim their land that they were given by their father. I mean, uh, come on. It's, it's ridiculous. I but. made the comparison of like, um, all right. So you know how you, I come from Irish stock. And, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Irish, you know, anyway. I'm, I'm a, I'm a descendant of Celtic and Viking kings. <laughs> I, I, you are a Celtic and Viking king at the same time. <laughs> That's why this whole suburbanite modern culture doesn't suit you. The you honor... commanding an army that is burning villages with music. <laughs> the, the the power of the Druids courses through my my veins, <laughs> even as I speak Obviously. this. Yeah. I've played music with you before. I know what's up there. But so there's, this, this, you know, I, do do I have any sort of connection to, you know? Yeah. Do you sit there that, and pretend that you're owed some shit? Do because, I put on a wizard cap or a Viking cap yeah. <laughs> and claim that, you know, you're Merlin? <laughs> this. Is my, you know, I belong here and everything that happened was because, you know, it was foretold in a prophecy Uh Um, and no, I don't. So like on the one hand, that Jewish guy from Connecticut who, you know, buys an olive grove and goes and starts a falafel restaurant, which, you know, (sighs) that sounds like a great life, number one, but the... I, that guy is like, you know, you go up to Milwaukee Irish Fest and there are all these people wearing green and all this Celtic knotwork shit. And they're totally into the whole the package of being Irish slash Celtic slash, you know, of this mythical race who suffered for so long. And it's like, but they've, you know, but they've turned it into Milwaukee Irish Fest and that's yeah. that's how yeah. the the nobility of the bloodline has come to express itself in America. And it's like, <laughs> what if everybody, at, instead of doing Milwaukee Irish Fest, what if Milwaukee Irish Fest took its its fund and and bought up a bunch of land in Galway and and started yeah. traditional and, and pubs, kick people off their land, and, yeah. kick people off their land, and started a bunch of quote-unquote traditional pubs to enjoy quote-unquote traditional living as it was, you know, meant to be by 
our great ancestors and, and promised to us by the goddess. I just, yeah. That's, it's troublesome. It's it's very uh, you know dark. if if you can't find meaning in your life and what you're doing and you have to just you have to latch on to a myth or a religious text or something that you really truthfully in your day to day life have no connection to whatsoever. Even if you do recite the prayers, even if it has been a part of your family tradition. There again, I guess it was Stanhope, maybe. Yeah, it was Stanhope, Doug Stanhope, who said, traditions are dead people's baggage, basically. And we need to They are, and he's right. But, but it's also, um, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's on a cellular level, it seems like, for us to be attracted to, even if it's completely phony. Like, even if we're hoodwinked into thinking we're German when we're not, we will feel excited and have the hairs on our arms stand up when we put on the traditional garb and do the traditional bullshit. There's something very deep in the human consciousness that that wants that. Well, yeah, we're getting into uh, Joseph Campbell territory there. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's real, but it's... My God, in America, it's been just like, you know, put it in a blender. Well, I think in America, it's, miles an hour. it's especially tempting and especially um, alluring because American culture has come to be just through capitalism so empty and vapid, you know, Oh yeah. that it's like how the only way we can identify ourselves is by our, you know, our chicken salad or you know that's what we are is we we are are we are the ice cream cones we invented or you know the iced tea or uh i remember know. my my father uh gave a very politically incorrect <laughs> uh speech one time we were looking through his photographs he he landed in france the day the war ended in europe and then was in germany for two years after the war chasing German girls around, basically, he admitted later. But um, he said when he was in basic training and on the boat over, you know, it's a long, long haul. You're sitting there on this troop ship with a bunch of guys. He said that he, <laughs> he was jealous because he wasn't, well, how did he say it? I wasn't a spick or a wop or a dago or any, I, <laughs> He said he was nothing because he was just some, he was a Quaker from Ohio, so he was, quote, nothing. He had no identity of any kind. And yeah. he was kind of jealous of the guys who had an actual culture that they came from, whereas he felt that he didn't really come from any discernible culture. Oh, and that's a true statement. Hey. That's, that's, yeah, a, that, that's a true thing to say, it, for sure. I mean... And, you know, perhaps because everywhere the only people that he knew were exactly like him and so these were the only different people he'd ever met um well here's the other side of that um and this comes from another article i read god i keep mentioning all these things i've, I've read huh you need to stop reading man i that's really dangerous. do that's when them people get all crazy you one of them readers yes i god i keep talking about things i've read and it's like fonts and the bill hicks letters and i've i'm you know i'm just obsessed with words i guess <clears throat> but this gal, um, I can't remember which thing she wrote it for, where it was, whatever. But 
you know, she was mentioning that this very thing, especially about, you know, this lack of cultural identity for white people. And actually, we do have a cultural identity that we're just kind of conveniently ignoring. And that is one of violence and conquest and death and destruction and because if i mean here look at capitalism here we are in late capitalism that's pretty much a that's pretty much white people that's our cultural identity is vapid empty complete destruction of anything colorful and tasteful that's our everybody else did that has done that as well though i mean that's not unique to us we just have the western europeans happen to get really good at it um during the i mean it's not that's not unique to us but i mean yeah but compare that to like the mongolians the the early mongols Um, isn't it like like half the people on the planet have some remnant of Genghis Khan's DNA yeah, because of the amount of women that he raped or something. I think it's like 46%. It's Pat kind of Oswald dark. was talking about that. He was, he was saying, so <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently I am Mongolian. What? I am come from Genghis Khan uh, in his latest bit. Um, Genghis Medangus. Yeah. How about them mm. apples? Well, we've gone super, super dark. Can we... Can we make a U-turn into the light? Oh, so, yeah. Here, um, let's go back to the website. So, like, I put a, I put a tip. From genocide to farms. <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> let's, let's take a U-turn. I'm going to turn this truck around. We're going to go back to farms. Well, here. we weren't going towards Auschwitz, but now we're going back to farms. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm getting to the point where it's like, all right, I, I'm getting a little bit more trafficked, and you know, this is the third time that we have done this, and I, I can't say how many listeners that I actually have from this, or how much this has contributed to my traffic growth or anything. But um, there's, you know, it's it's been on a steady uptick. I have Google Analytics on my phone. I check it. I look at it. It's steady growth, slow but sure. Yada yada yada. But, um. And understandably, there's still not a lot of stuff that I think is worth downloading there. But it's like, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to build membership. And you got a membership today. So you're going to get to. I did. You're and everybody should get a membership. Oh, uh, yeah. They're reasonably priced. I mean, for, you know, and if, if you don't, I did. I installed a tip jar. I put a tip jar up. And I'm really conflicted about that because. Uh, don't be. I, yeah, but it's just, it just seems so crass and like, and it turns everything that I'm doing into an aspect of commerce and but no, no, there again, no, 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 this is no, but here, here's a the deal. Hold on. I have to interrupt. Here's the deal. You promise your people, any traffic that you get, you need to hammer this home, that you're not going to. You know, salad the goddamn website with a bunch of bullshit advertising. You're going to come in, you're going to have a clean, you know, you pay a couple bucks a month, you get music, you get uh, podcasts, you get writing, you get this, you get that. Without, I think that's going to, you know, be a value to people. I it is so. to me. Well, I did, I it, did put it, that it, up. That was the, um, that was pretty much the announcement at the, that I put up most recently was that, you know, there's not, 
there's not going to be ads. I'm not going to, I'm not doing ads. But so, and I started, as you know, today, like I put up a couple of downloads and I put those as like regular blog posts instead of forcing people to actually visit a second page and look for things to download. It's like, you know, putting downloads, music downloads as actual blog posts is one thing. Um, but the other thing I'm getting to is like, I'm, I think, you know, the podcast, like I'm, I'm starting to get into this. I'm starting to kind of feel my oats with it and I like where it's going and people seem to like it. People are responding to it. My girlfriend even says she enjoys it, which is, (laughs) you know, that means, you know, that means a lot. Um, and, but music is, I think music might be the way out because it's like, I'm trying to figure out all these different sorts of content and it's like, I could write. And here again, we get back to the point of people don't really read that much anymore. And it's like, I, I wrote thing about fish and seafood and the dying oceans and that was 1500 words and i'm looking at it and it's like this nobody's ever gonna fucking read this you know i make some valid points and i give some useful information but nobody's ever gonna fucking read it so i'm thinking we just need to do music you know because it's like that's something i can i can get in here and i can write a damn song a day and Mm. but the cooking videos too those take a long fucking time to make though I know, yeah. Video production is a pain in the ass. It's nobody realizes it. It's unless you're just oh unless you just oh turn a camera unless you just turn a camera on, stand in front of a green ah, screen, and God. you know, it, f- smell your own farts for the world to to see, and jibber jabber. And I, there's plenty of those on on YouTube mm. already. It's like you know the 15 year old girls who you know, God bless them or, you know, getting all this ad revenue from God knows how. You look how like a 15-year-old girl if, you, if the light is right. Uh, I am. I'm moisturizing more. No, I, I think you should just experiment. This is an experimental phase of your platform and uh, do everything and do whatever tells right. your heartstrings. And, and uh, the main thing that I, and all I can I have a sample of one. I know that if if I go somewhere and I listen to a Dan Carlin podcast, I'm like, Jesus crap, this guy's been locked in a box for six months shitting his pants about this. this is a, I mean, I, my God, I have to listen to the thing three times to absorb all the information. Now, it doesn't have to be that thick, but I also know that people doing one-tenth of one percent of what he is doing are, you know, having a life doing this so you're 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 fine just just keep doing what you're doing it's all good yeah i think it's keep doing what what i'm doing i just i worry and it's like it's only been it hasn't even been it's been what 22 days since i actually launched so it's like yeah i get that should have been doing this 10 years ago right right well it takes takes a while to build i'm usually a decade behind what's happening so I'm feeling the pressure, though. I'll tell you what, man. The whole, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? You know, am I going to need to go get a get a job at the slaughterhouse? Or, <laughs> but then I can't. But then I can't do this if I go work at the slaughterhouse. And then, yeah, it's it's a 
huge time commitment. That's yeah. definitely true. But so it's maybe it's a it's an awkward puppet show right now. But if I get these fonts figured out, that might <laughs> just be the tipping point where you know maybe I, there's could be some strange intersection of the perfect font with the situation in in Gaza. I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, I'm just I'm wondering if there's a font that will. If, is there, Calm everybody down. Is yeah. there a font that could get people reading again? When, that's I need that font. You know, it's like what's so difficult about what's so difficult oh. about words? And I'm not worried about getting people reading again. I don't think you know trying to trying to focus on a, a publishing career is what I need to do because I'm interested in so many other things. I have so many other things mm. that I want to do, but. So I'm the you know there's ebooks and whatever and people pick their own fonts in an ebook anyway, but um, yeah no I mean the whole uh, yeah reading people yeah the number of people who read is is shrinking exponentially all the time and it's I just gotta figure out terrifying to me and that probably makes me a dinosaur because like my kids they don't watch television at all the only thing that they pay attention to media wise is either whatever gaming we let them do or a video that they choose. Like they are completely different, totally different. Than yeah, that would their, be their, their entire experience is just completely different than what, what I had. I had older brothers and sisters who were obsessed with history and literature and music who I, I was, I worshiped the ground that they walked on. And so what did I do? I read, history till my eyeballs fell out. I read books they had no business reading. Reading Herman Hesse, or Hesse, however you pronounce his name, when I'm like 10. So that's not... But I think it, it could come back, or, it, you know, I mean, when vinyl's coming back, you know, it, it's people, the brains are hungry, you know, it, it, yeah. it'll be all right. We're going through a fucking crazy amount of change. More change than humans have ever gone through faster. Have you? It's only. Gonna, oh, have you, have you felt yourself begin to um, ossify, shall we say, to uh, kind of start to get? Have you ever noticed yourself like being sort of stuck in your ways or turning into a cranky old shit? Um. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, mostly because of sleep deprivation and having children later than you're designed to right um but but also, not like oh these these stupid idiot kids don't know what no, the hell they're I've, doing. I've, I've tried to you feel yourself being pulled that way and i've tried to be a little bit more you know big picture i i don't believe the whole thing of screeching about the younger generation is just complete horseshit man you you fucking raised them it's your kid right he came. The, he or she. They come. They don't. They're completely innocent. They're beautiful. You created they're, the environment that they came exactly. up. Exactly. As long as you loved them when they were teeny tiny, they're just all they want is more love and acceptance. And then you hand them various technologies, and that shapes their brain. It's not. They're not going to automatically, you know, enjoy the works of Benny Goodman. No, <laughs> right. It's not. You know, it's not it's not going to happen. Um, so it cracks me up. Like my son is is t 
10 now, and so he sets his own alarm, and he gets up, and he's taking a shower, and he <laughs> he plays music while he's taking it. He's like, which I don't mind a little bit, but he likes really, really terrible, like, electro-pop music, and I don't care. I'm not going to be like my dad and make him feel like, you know, it was the end of the world that he listens to shitty music. So you should, I'm not like my dad was you should so tell bad. Me. My dad liked Louis Armstrong and shit, and Jimi Hendrix was too far of a leap for the poor guy. He couldn't he couldn't take it. <laughs> he, he couldn't. There was no compartment in his brain that could possibly hold all that information. It wasn't happening. So, so. You, so you're not really down with his musical choices then, or it's just not um, some of no. Actually, you know what the thing is though. He unlike his, he really, really, really loves traditional like Irish music and bluegrass music and stuff and he he's like, really he loves to dance. Well that's connected yeah, I mean, with he, his with his uh heritage. Yeah, no, he's he's <laughs> yeah. Well, he's Scottish, Lithuanian, Swedish. Uh, Swedish, Jewish, he's all over the place. But no, he's he's uh and he's he's been I I tried to shove the guitar down his throat and then I just backed off and now he's eyeballing me a little bit. And he, I showed him how to change his string and stuff, and I'm like, I gotta get him, you know. So, but I'm, what about I'm drums? trying to be wise, you know. What about drums? Then you have a drummer. No, he's got great time, but his mom, his mom has really. She took piano lessons for years and stuff, and she has like metronome time. Yeah. And uh, no, he's. I, I don't know. I don't know where he's exactly going with that. If. if you know, and I'm not sure, but I should whip um, up some fluff for uh, for him, some electro pudding for him to. No, he. I've I've been throwing some shit down for him. He's, I, I I can go there. I like electronic music. Yeah. You know, it's cool, especially in a live situation. Oh my god, man! Woo! Uh, there's a reason people like to get high and dance to that shit. I mean, it's <laughs> fun. You know, especially if you don't think of it as music, you know, it's more like just brain candy tickle throb. It's it's like it's a different thing, and uh, it's not uh, you know cream in 1967 or whatever. Well, that's what the Sufis tapped into. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, the it's uh, ecstatic uh, mm-hmm. energy release that approaches you know divine realization of complete truth. The and- next. Musical genius will somehow. The next musical genius will somehow coalesce electronic music with like Sun Ra, like where you have this there because I've kind of been tickling it lately and and looking around at this what's going on. It's so unimaginably boring as a musician. It's just like for God's sake, you guys have like three tricks and that's it. I mean, it's it's just, it's it's a whole genre that's waiting for somebody to, you know, musicify the entire thing. Is that a word? Um, Does that make any yeah. sense? I mean, like I, I've listened yeah. to the side trip stuff, the house, the deep, the up, the, all these different genres, and they're 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 almost all exactly the same, except for one, you know, like a slight beat difference or something. I think and the all thing the... is, like, mass-producing it, or not even mass-producing it, it's just, it's it's getting the product out there quickly, maybe. 
um, and in large quantities because the whole thing with like getting people into a dancey trance is it it needs to be an hour long and you when you're uh, you know me I'm a, I like the Grateful Dead man I'm a, I, you can fucking shit your pants for three hours right. I'm good with that but, but for fuck's sake those guys were there's a human building element. a narrative they're right. doing stuff right they're doing, and it might suck a lot of the times sometimes it's brilliant and that's the whole shtick that was Whereas always this stuff is yeah that was always my complaint like even as far back as like 2003 and it was like that was when I guess electronic music was starting to explode into popular consciousness that was kind of my complaint it's like what how is a dj a musician kind of thing well no i let go of that and i'll tell you a little story a friend of mine i move out here or out to seattle and i don't know anybody at all and so what do i do i go two blocks up and i start hanging out in the neighborhood bar and there's this weird dude there with his dog and friend, like, what's up with your dog? He's, are you, like, blind or something? Because the dog doesn't move. Well, he's, like, the smartest dog. He's, like, a human in a dog coat. But anyway, <laughs> this, this this guy turned into a really good friend of mine, and he and out of the blue, he's like, hey, uh, come down here uh, Thursday, man. Be sure to be here, because I'm going to be playing records. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm going to DJ. And I, I, I attacked him about DJ bullshit. Fuck you, man, 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 because that's not me. And he goes, Again, I'm going to play some records. Like, he wasn't claiming he's a musician, uh-huh. but he's really good. Like, he really did some amazing shit. And he would only do it in little shitty dive bars, which is really very cool. I think there's definitely ago, an art to it. You know, there's an art yeah, to the Segway, and there's people who are good at it, and then there are people who are offering a package, you know? Yeah, I mean, all the totally. branding. And that's the same with, quote, musicians. Right. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and the young kids don't see any difference at all. They don't, and, you know, what That what, what can you do about that? Maybe they'll get bored with the What I don't like about it that needs to, the jazz that could be added to it, is anybody that can come up with a way of having it less, it's so straight, it's ridiculous. Even when yeah. you screw with it to the millionth degree, it has to toe to the beat per minute. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's why I do the mixology shit that I do where I'm trying to screw. And, and there's all kinds of people doing that. So you got blocked, like, actually. <laughs> I want to hear about that. You, you what? You did a mix, then you got called out by the copyright police. Oh, no, that's happened a couple times. Apparently, like, I took, I couldn't believe this. I, I took... I think it's great that it was Thievery Corporation that claimed that. Yeah, I know. Uh, that cracks me up. <laughs> Half their career has been off of other people's music, and they blocked, you know, because they had, like, a small sample of their shit. They blocked the video in 19 countries, including the United States. So, the <laughs> fuck does that? But anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? The, uh, the whole process is, uh, the way I see it is it's promoting your shit. You know, if, if somebody mixes up your stuff and they credit you for it, if the people like it, oh my God, I really like that. They'll look down there and see what it is. It's not, I mean, you can't monetize it on YouTube. And I agree with that. Like, I, can't, I shouldn't be able to take two measures out of a John Goddard song and, you know, attach commercials to it and make money off of that. That's bullshit. I think the argument is probably that ultimately, you know, the 
with the natural um, growth and extrapolation of the existence of it is that somehow you're going to benefit from it. Like, even if you're not directly monetizing it on YouTube, it's still, it's a brick in your wall and they want to cut, you know, it's like, if you've got a, you've got a website, you don't just have like, and so everything that you put up on YouTube, this, you know, massive body of mixes is, is part of the identity of your of your website and your brand and it's like well you've used this and you've used that so there is that argument I, mean, it's I, like, I understand that attitude but it seems kind of I don't know 1998 or something I, they I think did update kid, well they did update the um, I guess the digital and the music they, the music modernization act or music copyright modernization act or something like and I need to read that because it affects me to some degree now that I'm recording more um, but well I guess my reaction to that would be then, then don't have any of your music on YouTube ever yeah because that's where I'm pulling it from only have it available on a physical copy. Well, that's not going to happen. All right. I don't you know, know. so it, it's a, and I get it. I mean, I would be enthralled and excited if somebody took uh, some of the shit from my mashup, Paul's mashup channel that we recorded in 1998 and sampled it and remixed shit off of it and just gave us credit for it. Right. I'd be excited by that. You well, know, I mean. Well, you're nice. I, well, I, it's not about being nice. It's more about being like, I would rather be part of the conversation than be not nice and... Than shutting down the conversation. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, sadly, or perhaps not sadly, that is what has happened with this digital, with the, the freedom of information exchange that we have now. It's, it's you know, bands... <sighs> They don't. Basically, music is free, for the most part. Uh, the new model is you make money touring. I I, I love that idea. That like, if uh, some band, you know, do I need to see explosions and bullshit? No. Play smaller venues. Have half your budget. Make more money. Fucking concentrate on playing your goddamn music live. You don't need fucking flamethrowers and all that bullshit. Right. Because you're not going to make any music selling your or any money selling your recordings for the most part. Well, Although, now I want to try to that's changing. That's yeah, changing. I want to. Tr that's that's the thing that I'm tackling because I want to. I don't know. Not necessarily prove that wrong, but well, yeah, prove that wrong. Because like I am, I have found over years of trying to be in bands, get into bands, keep bands together, get things recorded, keep a regular, you know, practice rehearsal schedule and even go out and play or even get to the point where oh, we spend $2,000 on a van so we can actually drive to other places. And we're not just playing in fucking St. Louis all the goddamn time. And it never fucking happened. And I don't know if that's just, if it's a matter of, you know, I wasn't in the right crowd. I've never been part of a crowd, and that probably, 
you know, that probably had something I think to do it's, with it. I think it's blind, dumb luck. I, I think it's literally like, did you or did you not uh, accidentally step in line in, from, in front of the girl of your dreams at a movie theater 20 years ago? I mean, it's, yeah. it's really... There were magical really combinations. Is. I was part of, like, magical combinations. And then for whatever reason, you know, somebody had kids and had to quit, or somebody yeah. did, you know... it. For whatever reason, the you know yeah. the magic. There's a million reasons why band. I mean, the bands that you know about are, are great and all that, but the selection process also involves a lot of the factors you were just talking about. Like there was probably you know a butthole surfers that existed that was more intense and weirder and all that, but then so and so actually decided to become an accountant. Because <laughs> right. Gibby is an accountant, uh, you know, and somebody said, you know, I, I don't really like sitting around in a van, and I've been taking a lot of acid for a while. You know, like, oh, I think well, I'll just sit Bud Light and, and have a big house in Texas. Well, they became legends and and built a, a myth because that's all they did. I mean, they fucking lived it, you know. And oh yeah, they're probably the worst for it. But they're worse well, off. Who cares? Yeah. It's like having a job, baby. Yeah. So, but I mean, you no, know, I, uh, I would like to to prove that. Okay, at least I can sell one download of of music a month, or even possibly, you know, a subscription to where people I'm putting out for a song a week. You know, an original piece of music every week, and people say, "Oh, this this stuff's worth it." You know, get a membership and. You know, come back and I can have a free download anytime I want. And if I don't like this, well, just wait. He's going to put something else out. And I don't have to worry about arguing with the fucking band. I don't have to rehearse. I just, I write it. I record it. There's no brand. I'm not even trying to get the mythology of a of a band at this point. You know, it's just like, I'm making I think that, that, I think that train has come and gone the whole, you know, What's the latest big rock band? It doesn't even exist anymore. Exactly. And and what is so, it? And that's fine. Who cares? It had a had had a nice reign of however many years. And no, all you just have to. Well, Maynard, the guy from Tool, said um, it's like I, the I think we've kind of outgrown the the myth of the great rock band. I mean, it's like when you turn on your TV and you see Ozzy Osbourne picking up dog shit in the kitchen. It's like mm -hmm. no, it's over. Yeah, I mean there, there's a there's a museum here, the Hendrix Museum, which is an incredible building, and it, it should it, it's it's one of the it's a beautiful, amazing place to go. But it is literally the death of rock and roll, as, as is the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When you you start building museums to shit, it's dead. You know, you know like it's whatever. It yeah. doesn't mean like the style of music can't be played, but the whole kind of shtick of well, then it's not the, the actual. It's not the actual living myth. It's the uh, the, the coffin. It's the mythologization. <laughs> the like very conspicuous, very contrived mythologization. Mythologization no, of, of it a means that the culture has digested it, and we've put it into a nice box that we can control and oh this was so wacky and golly golly and and come in here and buy some popcorn and gee it's compression whereas 
It's your basic. My brother explained to me when he, you know, when he's in high school in 1972 or whatever, and a Led Zeppelin album came out, it was like some kind of communist bomb had been released. Like it, it was, it was de- degenerate underground. You you rarely saw a picture of them. Right. At least in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you know, like it, it was like you were going to this little tiny record store run by some weirdo to get something dangerous. The only well, contact you had with them was the sound. Was the yes, and they were sound. mysterious sound wizard people. And it was <laughs> that's what made it otherworldly. Was that there? Yes. There was no um, no visual. There was no awareness of anything. And then you saw them it. live, and they ripped your brains out and <laughs> kicked your skull in. And I mean, God. Yeah. What a formula. Well, that's over. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. I think what it's still I? possible to, I don't know, to 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 generate a sort of otherworldliness in the recording studio in the fact that, like, I don't know. Although I'm doing a podcast on the same site that I'm going to be releasing music on, so maybe I've kind of <laughs> shit on myself in that regard in destroying the myth. But... But there again, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to try to construct a myth. But the fact of, I think maybe it's the fact of that, the otherworldliness of sound. It's like, it's something that is outside the realm of ordinary, everyday existence. And then what people have done in constructing the myth of the rock band and the, you know, the, the myth of the, oh, no, of the yeah, tribe no. of warriors on the road or whatever, is to continue to build on that on that otherworldliness, that outside of... I don't, I don't mean to say that, like, oh, my God, no, like, songwriting and, and sound engineering and whatever music can be is completely wide open. That's still, I, all I'm saying that's is the whole, there. like... the What I'm saying is, like, the whole, uh, you know, there's a band from Norway and they've hit the East Coast and they're just destroying people, and that, that's, that's over with. You know, or the Beatle, or whatever that that whole wave of something. Uh, right. it, at least it seems like it is. Well, that's not how concerts um, are sold anymore. You know, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really go to venues. You know, low level or independent venues. I don't really go to any venues anymore. I'm not much of a. As I mentioned in another podcast, I'm not much of a consumer of stuff. But like, you know, I don't go out to shows anymore because I don't live two blocks away from you know, a dive bar that has weird bands coming in, but mm. I guess it still happens. Oh no, I'm, I'm sure there's, but nobody, nobody shits their pants and says, Oh, you know, wow. Because there's, I, I, because there's such a glut of other things being thrust at them. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, probably. But also it's not, as I said, it's not dangerous anymore. It's like a, I think there was a Bowie interview not long before he died where he said that uh, he wasn't sure that he could pull it off, but all he knew is that he wanted to do something totally subversive, and so he got into rock music. And his first, have you heard his first album? No. It's so bad. It sounds like a bunch of jingles for a car lot. It's it's so bad. I did recently it's read a, something about how his oh very first releases were like Jesus kind of Christ. total crap. But anyway, he said he said that like now it's a career choice. It's like saying, oh, I, I think I'll get into marketing. 
Right. Whereas at, at the time, it was like saying, I think I'm going to be uh, um, uh, the bearded lady in the circus. Like the most ridiculous, you know, you would you, nobody in your family would tell other family members, oh, you know, John's gone off to be a musician or whatever, rock musician. I mean, that whole shtick is, is, is gone. So it's now just, you know... And, and that's fine. You know, I think it's okay extent, because I well, I think it's okay because in some regard, like the fact that you can do it without trying to have to tap into all of that silliness and all of that, you know, that extra fluff. It's like I think it it, it would probably be more readily visible that. If yeah, you're actually I think you're right. doing like, it, that you're you're doing something serious and you're trying to make a living at it. Um, you know, if you're not, ta if you're not adding all of these, these cultural signifiers and, you know, having to put on a funny costume and stuff like that. I mean, if I, <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like Ziggy Stardust is the pinnacle of, of anything. This is, that was just like his take was that it was basically what he was trying to say was it's just completely impossible for musicians now to differentiate themselves that because, it was easy. Well, that's Gar Jerry Garcia said. They said the most fun he ever had was the first couple of years where they toured extensively, where they could just freak people out just by showing up because they had like weird hair and stuff. Because well, I think they would that's... go play these places where everybody wore suits and stuff, and they were just like a freak show. Well, yeah, music was more than music at that point. It was a, yeah. It was a cultural force, and there was you know the music was just one aspect of this i don't know this change this, wave of yeah, it, this yeah. crystallization of of in your faceness that yeah that music just happened to be one one facet of <sighs> i mean it, it comes and goes and it goes in phases but then you add the digital aspect to where Anybody, anywhere can access any kind of sound they want at any time, 24 hours a day. And it becomes so diffuse that it's just, it's... I think in order to, to achieve something on that level, again, it would have to be like a touring gamelan orchestra or something of like, <laughs> you know, like... Completely unique. 50 guys with golden xylophones just, you know, <laughs> setting... Setting up so there's all kinds of at a mall and just and and, uh, I don't this. mean to act like there isn't, but yeah, but it, but it just, just has a different edge to it. It would have even to be from what I remember as so a kid. ridiculously over the top, you know, like or an orchestra that just almost like a flash mob symphony orchestra or something. The kids would go nuts for that, mm -hmm. and someone would be up in arms, especially if they were doing Metallica covers. Well, maybe not Metallica covers, but... See, even that's been done. That's all, I mean, there's yeah. all the, the symphonic... That stuff was bad, too. Dead, symphonic, Metallica, you know, it's fine. Well, you know, guess what? You know, your, your natural changes from G, C to D sound good, no matter what instrument is playing them. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, it's all good. Anyway, these damn kids with the music... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, no, was, it sure has fucking changed, man. It's crazy. I I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely be a little bit more. Oh shit! There's something coming into. Oh, I'm gonna um, 
I resolve to actually be more, more um, proactive in just sitting down and not being distracted by all of the, the fonts and producing and writing more music and just seeing what I can do about having that be a thing instead of like zipping back and forth between this strategy and that strategy. Cause it's like, you know, you start to, as far as the website, it's like, especially if you start looking at statistics and analytics, it's like, Oh, what can I do? Well, to, it'll drive you crazy. Oh, yeah. it, not only it drives you crazy, but you start getting sucked into the analytics game and you start getting sucked into the social mm-hmm. media game. And it's like, how can it, I it, game it, this? And no, 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 there, no. Man. Yeah. Don't do it. And anybody don't do it. Just do the work. You know, good. Yeah. So I need to. Yeah, no, you just concentrate on content because, as I said before, all I can relate it to is from personal experience. When there's a person that I, you know, over and over and over again, they impress me and I, I want to go back to their site and, and listen to whatever the hell they're saying or whatever they're producing. Eventually, I'm guilted into giving them some money. Well, and it's not because it's not because they have a good social media strategy, you know. No, <laughs> it's, it's because, because they're, they're doing the work. cool shit, and I don't want them to go away. Right. And every once in a while, it's not a bad idea to poke a little bit and say, "Hey, fuckers, well, if you want to, if you want any more of this shit, you might want to give me a couple nickels." Well, thank you for affirming my own belief and and philosophy about this this whole strategy of mine because i keep getting sucked into scrambling scrambling for all of these techniques and strategies to how do i reach more people and oh i just put another nickel into facebook and blah 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 to reach more people and because you have this pressure of where's the money where's the money and i can't get a job at the slaughterhouse because my back is screwed up and no no man you gotta you have to take what i call the uh festering boil approach meaning your all of your content and the cool shit that you create is another worm in the festering boil. And the festering boil is become so big that it's like growing up off of your neck and turning into a second head. Right. And then eventually you kinda of turn around and go, Oh well maybe I should market this and then poof. And then poof, it goes everywhere. It's not you know what I mean? Like it has to you just just do your shit. And uh I mean look at all these people like any a great example is any, like, you were into the Stanhope podcast for a long time. Well, what the hell is that? I mean, obviously he's on tour and shit. That's how you know about him. But if and when you ever gave him any contributions or anything, it's because you're, like, kind of addicted to his content. Well, and he kept putting I mean, the content yeah. out. Yeah. In ridiculously large quantities, too. <laughs> like a three hour podcast. Well, you gotta find like five or six knuckleheads to talk. You gotta find somebody besides Poopy Poe. <laughs> you're, I'm not, you're, I don't know why anybody would be interested in anything I have to say, but it's fine if they are. Well, you're a good conversationalist. You're a good sounding. I'm boy. a good egg. <laughs> you're a good egg indeed. And, oh, yes. And with that, I think we'll we'll close out the program. Hey, can, let's give a shout-out to Marie Weeks Sowers, born 1915, died 2011, whose urn I'm staring at. Oh. Mar, what name again? Mar, Marie? Marie Weeks Sowers. That's Kim's 
grandmother. Uh, my recording studio is not quite as posh as yours. It's in a back closet. <laughs> There's baby clothes below, and above are her ashes that are to be transported to uh, Minnesota, I believe, this summer. Land of the Swedes. Yes. The Swedish dairy farmers. So, yeah. God love you. Love you, too. I hope you have a good evening, John. Well, I'll, I'll do me best. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, Did I'm, you ever hear the mix that I threw your uh, Irish dirge into? Did you write that? But God, my people, but I didn't have work or whatever the hell that was. Oh, I, that was a Todd Rundgren song, I think. No, I, I threw that in. I, your version, I think I stole it off your site or something. Is the one, but anyway, it's I'm not afraid some of the madness. I don't know how much of it I can um, I can recite because Todd Rundgren will shit and send out the copyright police after me. Todd Rundgren, I think it's um, I think it's just called honest work. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not afraid to bend my back. I'm not afraid of dirt. I'm not afraid to bend my back. back. <laughs> I'm not afraid of dirt. <laughs> I felt like it was John D. McGurk's, man. Just uh, right there. Just fucking listening to the Irish wine. The warbling lilt of my people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> warbling lilt. All right, man. Take care. All right, you too. Talk to you next week. Bye.